Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. What Solomon is saying is life can be vain, empty, and meaningless. In fact, he says that in Ecclesiastes. He said, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does a man gain from all the labor at which he toils under the sun? You could live a life that has very little meaning in it. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Did you know that it's possible to have a saved soul but a wasted life? As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series, he'll be exhorting us to live a full life that is pleasing to the Lord. When we live for the Lord and obey His commands, we will have satisfaction and fulfillment in this life. Jesus' desire for us is to have fullness of joy and contentment in Him. So if you're lacking peace and joy, you may be filling up on something or someone else. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith Don't you want to live a life that matters? That has significance? That has an impact? It's not just a momentary vapor that's gone and no impact. Well, that's what this psalm is going to talk about. Psalm 127 is one of the psalms that is called the wisdom psalms because it speaks wisdom into our worship. And I pray that we will grow in wisdom. Psalm 127, reading from the New Living Translation, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is useless. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man like sharp arrows in the warrior's hands. How happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. I remember a while back talking to a bank teller, and it um, just seemed like uh, she was a little frazzled, and so I asked her, how was your week? And she said, oh, it just went so quick, I just flew by. And it was with a bit of frustration she said that. And so I said, well, that's not bad, it's better than dragging by. 
It's, it's not like sitting in a dentist's office and waiting to be called, so it's better when quick. She said, oh, no, no. She said, what I meant was, I just felt like I missed it. I wasted it. It was gone. Have you ever felt that way about your life, where a week was lost? Maybe a month, maybe a whole year, maybe a season of your life suddenly was gone. It was just wasted. Sometimes you feel like you get on a merry-go-round, going round and round in circles. You, you get off where you got on, and you, what did I accomplish? Uh, you know, start the week on Monday, and Friday comes, and then the weekend comes, and you, before you know it, it's Monday again. You just get up in the morning, you eat, and you come home, and you go to sleep, and then you get up in the morning, and you... Just go through the routine again and again. What Solomon is saying is life can be vain, empty, and meaningless. In fact, he says that in Ecclesiastes. He said, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does a man gain from all the labor at which he toils under the sun? You could live a life that has very little meaning in it. When I go to a funeral and then we go to the graveside, I sometimes look at the gravestones and I look at the year the person was born and the year they died and some lived comparatively short lengths of life and some much longer. But in between their birth and in between their death, there's that small dash but it's packed with so much meaning. Growing up in a family, their education, their jobs, um, their marriage, if they're married, uh, just all sorts of activity packed into that little dash. But sometimes that dash is meaningless in light of eternity. And Solomon is talking about living a meaningful life, something that will last beyond the length of years in this present world. How does that happen? How do we live a life that counts? Well, God must be the designer, the author, the builder of the life that we're living. And Solomon begins by saying, we must depend upon God. Our life work counts when we depend upon God. Listen to those verses again. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor, what? In vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Now, all of those things are good things. None of those things were bad. Building our homes, guarding our goods and protecting our cities, living out our days, all of those things are things that we were made to do. There's that intuitive drive. We want to 
have a home, a family, we want to have some security. So those are natural desires. God's not against that. But there's a caution in forgetting God in that. Pursuing our life's work without God is always meaningless. Pursuing our life's work without God is always meaningless, useless, without purpose. The three things he talks about, building a home. That could be an edifice, a home. Guarding a city, protecting people, uh, providing a living, uh, providing daily bread so that you have something to eat, that you have something to sustain yourself upon. Let's look at those just for a moment. Building a home. Well, having a wife and a children or a husband and children, having a family. If God is not at the center of that, It's meaningless. You know you could have a house without a home. You know you could have a family, but really not be a family. And so he's saying that God has to be at the center of it or it's meaningless. Uh, Guarding a city, it's good to seek security and to have security. We want to live with that sense of being secure from our enemies. But, but, that security is not based on the size of the army we have, nor the technology we have, nor in our own abilities. That security is based on God. In the 90s, I remember Dave Wilkerson speaking a prophetic word to our nation. And he said, if we keep on going in the direction we're going in, the walls of protection are going to come down. He even prophesied companies, major companies going belly up. And sure enough, those words came to pass with 9-11, with all of the crises we had on Wall Street and in the major companies of our country. Back in 1787, these words were spoken in a speech at the convention for the forming of the Constitution of the United States. Let me read them to you. They were spoken in Philadelphia. In the beginning, we have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall proceed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Our strength, our confidence cannot be in our own might or own wisdom. It will fail us every time. And I pray that our nation would return to God. I pray that our people would return to God and that it would begin in the pulpits and it would begin in the pews and it would begin in the churches where we would call the nation with a prophetic voice back to God. 
The psalmist said, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. So he talks about building a home, guarding a city, but he talks about providing a living. If you read the text, it says, it's vain to rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. If we try and live our lives without God, we leave him behind. It's like trying to run your car on octane that is too low for the engine. Maybe it requires 89, medium octane, and you run it on low octane. It's going to put a knock in that engine and eventually destroy that engine. When we live our lives for selfish reasons... When that's the gas, the motivation that drives us, something goes wrong inside of our soul. Something goes wrong inside of our hearts. Something goes wrong inside of us. If you run your life for selfish reasons, there has to be a difference between you and your neighbor. You both work at IBM. You both work perhaps for the state government or the federal government or for for some small business and you both get a check at the end of the week and you both put in your hours and you do a good job. But there's a difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. The Christian is doing it for the glory of God. The Christian is doing what he's doing because he wants his life to be an act of worship to God. God has a plan for our lives and to use what God has given us for him. See, don't make it your priorities that you pursue. Don't just think about, okay, this is what I want in life. This is what I want to get out of life. No, think about God's agenda for your life. Lord, what do you want for me? What's your purpose for me? If you live out your own agenda, that dash between the day of your birth and the day of your death will be meaningless. Now, only God can evaluate a life. Only he can weigh the value of a life. We can't do that. But he's all wise and all knowing, and he can do that. You have to set your heart at doing God's will his way. Not your way. Not somebody else's way. His way. His way is not always the most popular way. Dare I say, his way is not well received often. But if you do it his way, That's going to count, and life is going to be meaningful. Do it with the right motive. We can't do what we do for our own self, for our own glory, for our own ego needs. I know that's mixed in there, but it has to really be, Lord, I'm doing what I'm doing for you. See, that's why... God brought Abraham to Mount Moriah, and that's where God said, Give your only son Isaac up. Be 
Because everything that we do has to be done in the right way or else we're building our own kingdoms rather than his kingdom. God calls us to do a work for him. And so he said, put your life in God's hand and depend upon God. If you don't, it will be meaningless. But if you do, it will be meaningful. Dorothy Sayers said this, and I I love the way she said it. Work is not primarily thing one does to live, but the thing one lives to do. It is, or should be, the full expression of the worker's faculties, the thing in which he finds spiritual, mental, and bodily satisfaction, the medium in which he offers himself to God. When we work, whether it's working for a secular organization, a religious organization, whether it's working in the home, you're doing it all for him. Now, you don't trust in the work of your hands. You trust in him who gave you the work to do. You triumph, the Bible says, in the work of his hands. And so what he is saying is that we will be blessed if what we're doing, we're doing for him. And his blessing is upon it. And he says, pursue, the second thing in that verse, second thing is pursue our life's work with God is meaningful. Pursuing our life's work with God is meaningful. Do you want it to be meaningful? Well, pursue it with God. Now, in some versions, he says he gives his beloved sleep. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, it calls Solomon by the name of Jedidiah which means beloved of the Lord. He wrote this psalm. And biblical scholars think that he is referring, at this moment there's an illusion, he's referring to himself when he says this. Because it was when Solomon was asleep, God came to him and God tested him as to his motives. You know God does that. He does with all of us. And he tested Solomon, and because God approved of his motives, he said, I'm going to bless you. He spoke in Solomon's sleep. Solomon was blessed beyond what he possibly could think or even imagine. He didn't labor for it. He couldn't work for it. He couldn't provide it for it. Everything he needed for the temple was there. Everything he needed to build the house of the Lord, God provided. See, what it's saying is everything depends on God's blessing. Everything. Jesus told a story of a farmer who goes out to sow seeds. And he sows the seeds, and he comes back later, and the plant is grown. God adds the increase. You sow the seeds of faith. You believe God. You trust God. And it's amazing what God will do. I am praying so hard that our church, what God has done for us corporately, we will profit individually from. What's happened in the miracle of his provision 
would seep down into your own personal lives. And uh, there were those who just looked at the accounting books when we were talking about going to Casperkill. They just couldn't see beyond that because you have to have faith to see certain things. You have to see things and know. Let me just stop and pause here. When you are wrong, stop, think about it, meditate on it, because if you don't, you repeat the same mistakes. A word to the wise. It's amazing what God did for us. Just reflecting on Vassar College, we bought some things from Vassar College, pennies to the, to the dollar, very, paid very little. They, they had the surplus. Here's some of the things that we purchased recently, or a while back. 15 pallets of ceiling tile. Do you know how many feet that was? 13,500 feet. How many classrooms? That that took care of. Vassar College gave us, and I was talking to Alex about it, and he gave me some of the figures on it. They gave us 22 of those mini Mac computers. Then 62 PC computers with the mouse and the keyboard and the screens. On and on of the things that we received. How does that happen? How does that happen? It happens when God is blessing us when we can't provide for ourselves. It happens when you walk by faith. But some of the miracles go right over people's heads. Like the Israelites, they fail to see the manna. They fail to recognize what God has done. And sometimes I sit down and I pray. I say, oh God, help me to recognize, help me to remember this. Because sometimes it's hard to take those things in. You begin to walk by fear rather than faith. I mean, all of us have been there. I've been there. But God provided in ways that we could have never, ever provided for ourselves. And so what Solomon is saying is when God's blessing is on you, that's all you need. That's all you need. Secondly, our life's work counts when the author is God. Our life's work will count when God is the author. Well, I think I'll do this or I think I'll do that. Let me roll the Yahtzee dice and figure out what I'll do with life. Don't do it that way. Ask God for wisdom, direction. God, what do you want me to do? Guide my life, direct my life, direct my steps. Now, what he does, Solomon, right away, and it's hard to see it, but what Solomon does is he gives us an illustration of how God blesses us and how we're to use his blessings. God entrusts blessings into our lives to use for him. Verse three, sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. In that particular economy, that was especially meaningful. I mean, it's meaningful today. God will bless us, and one of the ways he blesses us and can bless us is with children. 
Now think about that. When does he usually give us children? In our youth. When you have strength to raise them. <laughs> Maybe you're listening today and a friend or even a family member came to mind. It's amazing how God's Word seems to always prompt us to think about that certain person in our life that needs Jesus. You know, this message and many others are available for you to share. If you visit buildinginfaithradio.com and simply click on today's date, you'll find options to share this message on Facebook, Twitter, and even an email link that you can send right to that special someone. Check out buildinginfaithradio.com and share today's message. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com to spend some time getting to know us and to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith. At the website, you'll find today's message for you to listen to again, download, or even post to your Facebook page to share with your family and friends. Again, that's all available when you log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through his series entitled, Eyes Open. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.